Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. But from enslaved Africans People use words to confuse the how it's trapped And our lineage is deep within the challenge Our family tree consists of people that had influenced the planet But we managed to lose sense of stuff we don't identify With the heritage like African-American is not African But listen to me, I'ma have you black again Pumping up your fist and using pics of fiction apps again I like to give respect to Imhotep Considered by the world to be the first architect The high priest of the sun god Ra at Heliopolis He built the seven pyramids in Egypt and they still exist Poet and philosopher, a recognized genius He diagnosed 200 different diseases They say Hippocrates is the father of medicine But M. Hosef lived 2,000 years ahead of him King Soundwall Spratt, second ruler of Kemet He was said to have conquered Greece by Herodotus The first ruler to believe in one god was Ahmed Hotep, the fourth later known as Akinati.
Now, we are all Americans, whether we hyphen or not. Ultimately, we're all Americans, but as Americans, we do come from different places. So what do we know about one another? Oftentimes, we're fearful of the unknown, but we're much more comfortable with who and what we do know. Our Own Voices, the magazine and Our Own Voices Live, is an effort to help us get past that unknown and into the known, from the uncomfortable into the comfortable. Another way that we do this with things like the weekly gathering that we have at the Westside Bistro inside of Nevada Park, <clears throat> located at 710 West Lake Mead Boulevard. And they have, for those of you who like New England clam chowder, every Friday, New, New England clam chowder is on the menu. I'm told it has something to do with me because I love it. And, of course, there's a buffet, and you can order off the menu. And yesterday they were serving up the food, and we were serving it up during that discussion. We had some new people in, quite a few people in from Detroit. The D were with us yesterday and sharing some things. They said Detroit is on the come up, and uh, I would, if I was a betting person, I would bet money on it that it is. I believe that it is. Gentrification will be in full effect. And uh, we also have Brother Devin Moore. Many of you may know him from Neo Soul out there at Blue Martini. He joined us uh, yesterday. We had uh, Cornell McCrary, who joined us yesterday. He's running for AD6 here in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, Assemblyman Harvey Munsford has that uh, district now, but he's term limited. And uh, Cornell McCrary, a veteran, is running for that seat. And it will be a contested race there, I believe, or at least one or two others that will be running against him. And we also had Mary Perry, who was, a, at the gathering yesterday, who's running for CD1, Congressional District 1. Uh, she joined us yesterday. And uh, we had Cedric Clear stop by. He's one of our uh, state uh, board regents, and he swung by and spent a little bit of time with us. So we had quite a few visitors yesterday. We had quite a few. Uh, we had some regulars, and then we had some who were not so regular in four ways and one. And what we do is we talk about different things, current events, uh, things that have a direct impact in our Las Vegas community, uh, things that may have a national impact. Uh, of course, you know that uh, the debate is for the presidential campaign by the Democrats is coming to Las Vegas this week, as well as our main topic on the show today. Uh, some of the current events that we talked about, we also talked about uh, the gun debate. You know, there was a, some more shooting. And so we had a list of topics, actually, to talk about yesterday, but the primary discussion was on guns. Now, next week at the gathering, we're going to focus on the uh, post-debate. Also, we're going to talk about the Million Man March that I believe is going on right now, it's the 20th anniversary, and it says all roads lead to D.C. and justice or else. Uh, Franklin G. from Power 88 KCEP 88.1 right here in Las Vegas is there, and it's been broadcasting live, as I understand it. And uh, if he can squeeze in time, he'll be on the show next week to talk about the uh, Million Man March and give you a firsthand perspective of it. We had some locals here in Las Vegas that wanted to do something uh, today. Uh, they had one uh, viewing planned. It, uh, for some reason, was uh, canceled, and they were going to go 
out on MLK and Cary, Martin Luther King Boulevard and Cary, and also uh, just kind of show their support. I wasn't able to get to that because I went to the domestic uh, violence event and just got back here in time enough to start the show. So I wasn't able to bring you coverage of the folks out here locally doing something. And the domestic violence event, as I mentioned earlier, uh, this is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, was at Nehemiah Ministries located at 3606 North Rancho uh, Boulevard, Suite 102. That's 3606 North Rancho Drive, and that's Suite 102 in Las Vegas, 89130. And they were having lunch. They were breaking for lunch when I left. Free lunch, I may add. Uh, three foods, the best food, which I could have grabbed some of it since I haven't had breakfast yet. But uh, some great presentations, gut-wrenching presentations, I may add. Uh, Sister Angela and I do a uh, domestic violence show annually, uh, at least, to discuss it, as we will do this year. And so I went there to get a taste of it, a feel of it. And, you know, just so you all know, regardless of what the statistics say, it is not just poor people and uneducated people that are touched by domestic violence. It is any woman, and it can be any man with domestic violence on the rise against men as perpetrated by women. So domestic violence we tend to think of and associate as a man thing against women. And then for those who want to do something about it, we see it as a women thing. But actually, it is a person thing. And we're going to talk about that uh, next week. Some of the guest speakers that were at the event was, uh, well, one of some, quite a few people that I knew. Uh, Dr. Tiffany Tyler, uh, Ebony Nicole, Minister Kathy LaFleur, uh, Co-pastor Lavana Lewis. Uh, many of you know a businesswoman, uh, Reba Labatt. Uh, Lady Jennifer Diggs Thomas. Uh, just a few, and then of course some of the performers. You know, we got to have some performances. Uh, my sister girl, Carolyn Whitney, and R O C K are also listed as some of the uh, performers. Uh, the event started at 10, but I believe it goes on until 2, so you still have time to get down there. There is a request for a $5 donation. Uh, again, they are serving food there. I wish I could have got some. So I hope you all can make it down there and support them, to support the ladies, and get to learn something about domestic violence. Uh, it's a, you know, they say one in four women have been touched by it. Well, if you think it's one in four women, imagine how many children have been touched by it because usually the children are with the women. And just because the children are not there to see it, they are probably someplace nearby hearing it, and that does have an impact because oftentimes there's no one counseling them. So that's some of the things that are going on. That's some of the things that's coming up. And, of course, you all know that I could not do this show with not the awesomeness of my co-host, Mrs. Angela Thomas. Angela, welcome to the show. What's good? What's good? I'm I'm very happy to be here. 20th anniversary of Million Man March, and the day after the extravaganza in my life, my husband's big birthday yesterday. He turned 50, so we celebrate him and salute him and salute all the 
powerful back black brothers in my life. But, you know, yesterday was his day, and we had a good time. All right, nothing like that. Sister girl taking care of her man. Yes. Do yes. that, ladies. Got to do that. Got to do that. Got to do that. Got to respect a brother that pledged his life to God and, and pledged his life to his wife and his family and has lived up to that pledge. Uh, I salute him. I, I love him deeply, more than words could say, and I'm so proud of the man that I witnessed him becoming and, and evolving and, you know, just standing in his manhood every day. So, you know, I I just appreciate him. You know, it's, it's 25 years of marriage next month, but, you know, to see this young lion come into my life, at you know twenty mid twenties, we got married at twenty five, and you know fifty is a big birthday. And to have been together uh, over half our lives is, you know, I just humble myself in the magnificence of that uh, to join my life with someone, and you know I'm just grateful. Mm. And I love the way you put that because I can tell us, for those of you who are out there, and ladies that don't know, there is so much power in what Angela just said and those words that any sister speaks to or about her man. Because, you know, we, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, oftentimes we become better when we're with a good woman. For those of you who read the Bible out there, you know that it says to find a wife is a good thing. Now, I don't know where that is in the Bible, because I'm not that much in but I do know it's in there. The past it's in there. <laughs> you know, and to, that, you know, to, to bear witness to those words in your own life is, is powerful. Yesterday, uh, this young man, I looked at him, a little, little frost on the, on the rooftop, and surrounded <laughs> by his grandsons and granddaughters yesterday. Uh, it's just a beautiful picture, and I, I just remember meeting him at, at that fabulous den of inequity. I met him in at the Brothers Palace on the west side of Chicago. You know, both of us gathered in that that uh, that wonderful den of inequity, uh, celebrating friends' birthdays, and and we our our paths crossed, and uh, it, it's been a blessing ever since. Um, but to see him yesterday. Uh, blowing out the candle on his Star Wars cake, surrounded by his grandchildren and in-laws and on children. The, on the Star Wars cake. <laughs> on the Star Wars cake, yeah. <laughs> oh, is that, Obi- he, is that Obi-Wan? Which character is yeah, Which character? Right. He had uh, Obi-Wan. You know, it was a collage of, of okay. the uh, Star Wars characters. And, you know, uh, all week, the last two weeks, we've been trying to decide, you know, with our grandsons, council. He took it to the council of the grandsons. Okay, grandsons, which cake should I get? And it was, you know, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, and one grandson, one wise grandson. I know he's going to be great. He stood up and said, Grandpa should get all the superheroes because he sticks up for us every day. He should get all the superheroes. So, you know. They finally decided and and circled around Star Wars. I don't know how that happened, but, hey, 
councils of grandsons and grandfathers handled the business, and I just well followed the orders. <laughs> we we now know that if there's a little extra cash left after the Christmas shopping is done, who might just get that little extra bit? I say that's why it happened, but there it is. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, after sitting down with the Council of Grandsons this morning, witnessing uh, Minister Louis Farrakhan, a fine Chicagoan like myself and, and their grandfather, we, we did listen to the message today. We were um, making them aware of the 20th anniversary of the Million, Million Man March and that their uncle Corey had went 20 years ago as a young teenager, young adult, and, you know, just help them understand the history today and what it meant in our lives 20 years ago and what we hope for them. So, they, you know, they all vowing to give up their Christmas toys, and we're going to put that money towards some land like the minister asked us to do today. Very interesting message today, Rodney. Uh, well, you know what, um, because our, we may not be able to get to our relationship segment because of uh, some unforeseen occurrences with our guests, we may have some extra time and uh Maybe we can break into that a little bit because the Million Man March is something that I look at in multiple angles. I did not go to the first one, obviously, am not there for this one. And the minister, there's a lot of things that he says, and like with most people and most things, there's some things that I just totally don't agree with. So it would be good to get some uh, later on some more uh, information about the march and what some of the things that came out of it were, and and maybe uh, chat chat that up a little bit, uh, Angela. I found it interesting that your that your the grandsons, the council grandsons, did all <laughs> superhero things for their granddad. So yeah. Michael obviously is a superhero in that house. And again, He's Superman, you, Iron Man, Spider Man. All all of the super giant men, yes, he's all of them wrapped up in one. <laughs> are you are you are you hearing this? I mean, this is you know we're, we're going to have that relationship form in about a week and a half, and I was told that the lady, the women in the organization and their associates asked for a relationship form of of men, so that men could share with the lady the man's point of view. And then hmm. shortly thereafter that, they told us what they wanted us to talk about. <laughs> well, so, y'all ahead, but we're the neck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously. So we, we didn't fight it. It was like, well, okay, we thought we were going to be able to just talk by ourselves, but, hey, that's what makes them happy. But we... we <laughs> We're, and we're going to have a thought. We had a meeting last night. We're going to have another meeting uh, tomorrow, actually. We're going to meet up and, and chat it up a little bit. And, of course, even though the women said they wanted to hear from our perspective, they sent us a list <laughs> of things that they wanted us to talk about from the man's perspective. And every time those things happen, I couldn't help but, and, and some of the others couldn't help but chuckle, is that, so let, let's get this straight. The women said that they thought the men should share with them how we think and feel and what we think and feel. And then they sent us a list of stuff that they wanted us to tell them what we thought and felt about, but then also <laughs> preferences on what they didn't want to hear. Oh, 
we really feel from our point of view. Ooh. Oh, boy. Well, that's a lot to unpack. But I hope that, you know, all all blessings flow from the message, and I, I hope it's received on the other end. Um, we need to hear from our brothers. As as the Million Man March highlights, you know, today and, and has, as it highlighted 20 years ago, the brothers got something to say. You know, Angela, that is so important. You know, we're, it's man and woman. It's both of us that are here. And the truth is, when one suffers, the other suffers. We're all in the same boat. And though we may not always speak the same or see things the same, for that matter, interpret things the same, we can look at the same thing and see, you know, and comment totally differently. See, see two different perspectives, still, absolutely. We're still the two that come together to make the one. And it's not, it is not an either-or proposition. It is us both united together. And there's a lot of division. And there's, there is a lot of, yes, brothers, you don't talk. Oh, brothers, you're talking, I don't want to hear what you have to say. And brothers, you all are not doing. And we hear it. And oftentimes we take it in. But sisters have to recognize that if you want us to talk, we are going to talk from the way in which we talk. Otherwise, it is not in our voice. You are hearing something less than. So if you want the truth, you have to let us. And when I say let, we could go and do it because you don't have to let us do a thing. But because we oftentimes don't want to see the pain in your eyes, don't want to see your face all twisted up by what we say, the obvious hurt because we don't agree with what it is that you want us to agree with, it is so much easier for us to basically just be quiet and listen, or as listen as best to as much as we can. Right. And move on because it's the path of least resistance to us. We care for you, therefore we don't want to hurt you, even if it is what is in us. And when you say we internalize, oftentimes we internalize because when we let it out, you say you don't want to hear it, or you tell us that we shouldn't feel or think that way. But it is our thoughts, though. So so when you say about the Million Man March where the brothers get a chance to come together and the brothers get a chance to speak, sisters, we listen to what we have to say. I, I think every once in a while we do get a good one in. So listen to what we have to say. And and then maybe fix your face when we say what we say. Uh, control that neck so it don't roll so much. And do the same with your eyes while you're at it. You know, let, us, <laughs> let, let us have that say without having, because otherwise we see that, oh, well, there it is. So we, you know, we clam up. Because, you know, what we hear is when we see the neck and the eyes roll and the face get all twisted, we right. hear the clang of doors closing. Now, that is a metaphor, and if you're not 18, close your ears, that is a metaphor for legs closing. <laughs> we don't like that. We don't like oh, that. Oh, God. We want them it's open coming. like 7-Eleven. Oh, no. Wow. 
that's the physical side. But then the other thing is, how can a person who truly loves another person and is there for that person, how can that person want to say or do something to hurt that person that is so endeared to him? We don't, obviously. So then we tend not to speak. We tend not to say. We hold it in, which is probably not healthy. And occasionally, when we get around with the fellas, we let it out to one another. And we all, all of us, do the collective head nod because we tend to all respond the same way. So, sisters, you know, let us have with the Million Man March. I, I heard that there were some women that had issues with it being a million men, or why couldn't the women show up? Uh, with the first one, I have not heard that with this second one. So, th- obviously, there's been some progress, some growth. Uh, well, so yes, they, they invited women this time as well. Oh, so, goodness. that yeah, had a lot. I think that have had a lot to do with the uh dissent the dissension uh, in our our you know from our from our community uh with this this go round. I however was not uh 20 years ago I wasn't mad at the men coming together. I I think like women need to come together and and uh dwell in the counsel of one another and the wisdom of one another so too do men and they come home to us better for it whether it's the barber shop or the or the or in our case uh it was Sam Smith's bookstore uh then the academy uh later on uh, men like women need to counsel. I mean, just as it goes back to that village, right? The men in the village can, uh, commune together and and solve the issues of the village and counsel with one another. The women also come together and and solve the issues in the village of the village and counsel with one another. And they come back to the hut, better off for it. So. Um, I, I'm, I I still look at that. I looked at that uh, 20 years ago in that same spirit, in that same vein. Lord knows, black men need to uh, speak with one another in in uh, with regard and respect in order to solve the issues of our, of you know help to solve the issues in our community. It's a reason, uh, Rodney, that God made man and woman to create children because it takes both of us it takes the male and the female not just to put the 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 the, the sperm and the egg together it's we're lockstep together from beginning from the rooty to the duty from the cradle to the grave we're lockstep together with one another and you know the sooner we come to appreciate that in you know in different ways and 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 the better off our communities will be. So, you know, I wasn't mad 20 years ago, and I'm not mad, you know, this time that they opened it up to women coming and being a part of the progress. It, it benefits the community. It, it, what benefits the hut benefits the community, right? Well, that's what I would like to think, because the community village is only as strong as, strong as the hut in it. And all too often, we put the cart before the horse, and this, it is the, the, the hut 
really the strength. So absolutely, yes, I'm, I'm glad to know absolutely. that. I am not against the Myanmar march. I am sure. curious as to the impact that the previous one had. I know you gave some information on those who are close to you, and you know. Then now we have this one twenty years later. I'm, I'm curious as to that, and then I have, you know, I, I have a bunch of questions. So Franklin G, he'll be back. I'm sure he'll be all pumped up and ready to give us some good firsthand information. If any of you who happen to be listening to the broadcast attended the march or are still there, uh, feel free to give us a call at area code three four seven eight two six nine six zero zero three four seven eight two six ninety six hundred. We would love to hear your perspective. And if you're not able to call in today, that's fine. We will hopefully be talking about it with Brother Franklin G. Uh, next Saturday. And uh, before we go further, let me give a quick station ID. This is Rodney Smith. I'm Angela Thomas. And you're and listening to is. Our Own Voices Live. Another fine Saturday upon us. And uh, the sun is shining. The weather is smooth out here, Rodney. And uh we're going to chop it up about relationships with the Million Man March, uh, a myriad of things today. So if you'd uh, like to right, join the conversation, um, 347-826-9600. And for those of you who would like to talk, press option one or the number one on your keypad because that lets me know that to make your mic hot so you can chime in. Uh, the title of our show today is what do you want to hear during the first 2016 Democratic presidential campaign debate? And we were going to do relationships. Uh, that looks like it's going to have to be next week. So if you're chiming in for relationships, we do uh, apologize for not getting that segment on. But what do you want to hear during the first 2016 Democratic presidential campaign debate that's being held right here? And I was sitting in Las Vegas. Oh yeah. And we talked about this month being domestic violence awareness month. It is also breast cancer awareness month. So if you see folks with the pink ribbon on, some runs and walks, uh now you know why the White House is bathed in a glow of pink light. Uh but here's something for you. And this goes into because we talked about guns at the gathering and the shooting. Uh October is Emotional Wellness Month, Emotional mm-hmm. Wellness Month. And then the week of and, and October 4th through 10th, with today being the 10th, is Mental Illness Awareness Week. So I was just about to bring it up, yeah. We, we're really is Emotional Health it. Wellness Month. This week, with the ending in today, is Mental Illness Awareness Week. Oh, and today just happens to be World Mental Health Day. World Mental Health Day. And for those of you who want to know what is good emotional health, let me read this to you. People who are emotionally healthy are in control of their thoughts, feelings, and behavior. They feel good about themselves and and have good relationships. They can keep problems in perspective. In addition, even people who have good emotional health 
can sometimes have emotional problems or mental illness. So you are not some type of outcast. It is actually normal. At some point, we will have our moment. Mental illness often has a physical cause. See, the body and the mind is tied together like the man and the woman, right? Mental illness, and we know many women say that many of us men are pain in there, but anyway, uh, mental illness often has a physical cause, such as chemical imbalance in the brain. And this could be men or women, and there is a case to be made that women suffer this because of just the regular chemical cycles that they have uh, monthly as well as throughout life. So such as chemical imbalance in the brain. Stress and problems with family can trigger this. Work or school can sometimes trigger mental illness or make it worse. So if you already have some problems, uh, work and school can make it worse. However, People who are emotionally healthy, and this is important here, people who are emotionally healthy have learned ways to cope with stress and problems. It doesn't mean you don't have them. It doesn't mean it does not impact on you. It's just that they develop mechanisms to work through them. Uh, maybe the most important part of this is people who are emotionally healthy, know when to seek help from their doctor or a counselor. In other words, they don't just keep going at it alone. And they may not just talk to their friends, even though talking to friends is better than holding it in. But they do reach out to those who are trained and paid to deal with this. So go to the Our Own Voices Live Facebook page and you'll see some links for this and more uh, to help you out. Maybe we'll, if we can just throw it up, have time to throw it up, we'll put up a uh, 1-800 number for you to call if you find yourself in mental distress. Uh, out to our veterans out there, we know that just because you may no longer be in the AOR, in theater, or downrange, just because you physically are not there and you're back home physically, Emotionally, psychologically, mentally, you may still be back there. And even though most of the time you're good, sometimes you have those moments where brother and sister, you have company. You're not by yourself. And there are others who have those moments. And there are people that you can talk to. You can go to your local VA. You can even call 911 and say you're distressed. Uh, but they are, there are counselors and there's, there are 1-800 numbers that you can call to let people know. And sometimes it's just the opportunity to talk it out. Okay. We, oftentimes we know what it is and we know what to do, but we just need that other person on the line. And, and especially for those <coughs> folks who are single out there. I mean, it, you don't have to be single to be lonely now, let me tell you. But especially for okay. those who may physically by, be by themselves most of the time, reach out to someone. And if you don't have anybody, find someone. Go again to our veterans. Go to your local VA office. There, there are peer counseling groups. I, I belong to a, a peer group. I, I voluntarily go. 
uh, when I can make it. And I'll admit, it feels good to be around fellow veterans, and maybe some of my coping mechanisms can help someone else, and maybe some of theirs can can help me. So there's a lot of things out there for you, a lot of things out there for us. Let's take advantage of those things so we don't find ourselves in those situations. Uh, One of the reasons why we wanted to I wanted to make sure I brought this up today is that as we had the gun debate yesterday at the gathering, what came up was how many of these folks who are involved in these gun shootings have diagnosed mental issues. Diagnosed mental issues. Not just diagnosed mental issues where they've had a bad day, they thought about this. They, no, I'm talking about these people are chronically into whatever it is. And for some reason, the treatment for people who may be going through that moment of depression, mental illness, it's just not seen as the physical illness. And we need to start seeing it as it is it is a health issue. It is mental health, but it is a health issue. And you just heard me say that oftentimes it can be brought on by not only stress, but also by physical things. Sometimes people who are physically ill develop mental and emotional illness. Most of these things are treatable. Maybe if those people with those guns who went out and massacred those folks this week, the week before that, and the week before that, maybe if they had that consistent treatment, they wouldn't have done it. Right. So, I did want to make sure that we touch base on that because it is important. Uh, Psychiatrists uh, have told me that America's mental health issue is ballooning out of control. It is ballooning out of control. As a matter of fact, psychiatrists say that the mental health issue in America is so ginormous that there will become a tilting point of who is psychologically healthy and who is psychologically unhealthy. Of <clears throat> Think about this. These folks, if not already there, for sure as this has metastasized itself in our community, are coming into positions of power. They will be making the decision. But they might be making those decisions from a lens colored through their mental illness. Remember when your grandmother used to tell you there'll come a time when right will be called wrong and wrong will be called right? Wrong will be right, yeah. This yep. could be a manifestation of that. So this is something <clears throat> that deserves much more attention than what it's been getting. And not just when somebody pulls out a gun or guns and shoots someone. And our politicians do us a disservice by politicizing it on the pro-gun Versus the anti-gun It should be pro-health Period Pro-health You know uh, Speaking of Angela Did you know as a veteran with PTSD And PBI That the government Is saying Those people cannot have a gun Huh The ones who They put a gun in their hand In a lot of ways they put the gun in, in, in the veteran's hand, and now they're saying, hmm, very interesting. Yes. So we need to look at, we, we don't need knee-jerk reactions. 
we need to be active. Right. And, and we balance. Need to be we need balance. Need balance. Uh, you know, uh, the past few weeks I've back in class and I'm I'm studying world literature. And last few weeks I've been studying Alexander Poe, and you know uh, him and and other poets of of their of that era <clears throat> really had a focus on nature and love for nature and you know prescription for man their basically their prescription for man and man's balance is to get out in nature and take it in and enjoy it preserve it because preserving nature pre- preserving uh the environment is akin to preserving oneself and your sanity and your sensibilities and your appreciation for life, for for your fellow man. All lies in planting, caring for, harvesting, and just being part of that circle of life. And... <clears throat> As I'm reading these works, classic works, um, I I think, you know, I'm a complete city kid. You know, I say this to you all the time when you share with me some of your stories of living on the farm and, and being from the South. I didn't have a big mama down South. My big, my great-grandmother was born in Chicago. So I'm a, I'm a, I, I consider myself a, a full-fledged city kid. Um, only went to camp couple of times and I I look at the work that these poets men and women um put in you know put out there for us to to live by even today and I I think wow what would this world be first of all if we didn't preserve these spaces if if someone didn't have the the these thoughts and and put these thoughts to paper and and had enough care for themselves and and their fellow man to share it with the world across time, you know, and others, you know, cared for it and and, and sharing these messages across time. Left to our own devices, we probably would have, you know, industrialized a lot of these spaces. My grandsons, my older grandsons were at the Grand Canyon this week, and I just think that, you know some some of these answers to these complex political issues that are plaguing our communities right now might be as 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 simple they might lie in simplicity is my point, and you know maybe to make a decision about our future in this country and around this world we we might benefit from going back and looking at some of the things that have been that were created in the past and have been preserved across time for good reason because it was good advice good information to pass on to human beings across time because we need those reminders cuz left to our own devices we only see 
what's in front of us. And we create laws and, and, and systems and things based off of that short peripheral view. Well, maybe you know, maybe to do better, we need to to look at those things in the past. You know, I was at the after the gathering yesterday. I attended the Living Sociology Club meeting out at uh, the our community college here, PSN College in Southern Nevada, and I was with Professor Thomas, a sociology professor there, and one of the things that she was speaking about and reminded us is she says the interpretation of renaissance means rebirth. Mm -hmm. As I was listening to you talking, I was saying, you know, maybe we do need to have uh, sort of a rebirth, a a modern-day renaissance, because we can see that so many things that, so many paths that we are taking that were supposed to be this new and, and better hasn't turned out to be that way from a societal and even from a, a personal and individual perspective. And it's and, and so, it's paths that and it's paths that have already been traveled too. We haven't and it, you know, my grandmother used to say there's nothing new under the sun. There is right. there's stuff from our past, not so distant past. I mean, we're looking at the Million Man March today. That's not that long ago. That's long enough for my 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 little brother who I sent to the march to finish college, marry a wife, have a child, buy a home, and install new flooring this past week. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's to simplify it. That's that's some of the things. You know, he started a business. He finished college. He got a master's degree. Uh, that's just long enough for one man to accomplish those few things. It's not that that hard it's to look at things we've done already because we're we're repeating. I promise you, we're repeating what's already been done. Thinking uh, we knew an original. And speaking of repeating things. I just want to catch up on some news, and I think then we're going to move into our segment because Angela made a good segue with that, even the mental health, even mental health, because, you know, you all heard that the GOP uh, wasn't able to elect a new speaker. And, you know, they wanted to get rid of Speaker Boehner. They're stuck with him for a little while longer because the guy that they, well, wasn't too much of a speaker, didn't seem to have that great of a command of the English language. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, he stepped down. So they're going through that. Uh, many of you may remember the airman who thwarted the, uh, w- along with his two friends while on vacation in France, while on a train thwarted a terrorist attack with a AK-47 wielding uh, terrorist was was stabbed and also had uh, his finger almost severed. Well, uh, just the other night, he was in an altercation with a group of people and uh, was stabbed multiple times was in critical condition. Uh, Last I heard yesterday, he was in serious condition. So what once was is again. And, of course, you know, Andrew mentioned the Million Man March. Uh, I did have a question I wanted to pose to all of you all, and that is, is Columbus Day still a national holiday? Just 
don't, you know, don't want to take it too much further, but and should it be, or should it be changed to something else? Once again, you can give us a call, 347-826-9600, and then press option one if you would like to chat. So, Angela? Yep. Uh, we did have the gun debate yesterday at the gathering. It was robust. To say the least. I'm sure. As, a fact, as the things, as, as conversation at the at the gathering can be, absolutely. Uh, we had a table almost as long as the restaurant itself, full of people. I had to get the timer out. And the reason why I mention the gun debate now is because of something that's topical, but also because we have the Democratic presidential uh, campaign debate coming to Las Vegas this coming week. Yep. And Hillary Clinton has already stated that her thoughts on it, and as soon as she did, I say she is not going to win. She is definitely going to go against history. She'll go against Mm -hmm. history in a couple ways. One, having a third term as the same party in office, that kind of goes against history. Uh, Obviously, being a woman would definitely be historic. And then three is the person that stands against guns usually well, always has lost, and she has come out for that. Even if you take in the situation with Benghazi, her emails, her servers, classification, the flip-flops on TPT, other flip-flops, and overall a sense of trustworthiness, as the polls indicate, she's still the front-runner in the Democratic Party. She is going to be on stage, I believe it's this Tuesday or Wednesday, Mm-hmm. And there go. It'll be her, uh, uh, governor, former governor of the <laughs> Valley, uh, Senator Bernie Sanders, and uh, possibly two others. And who knows? Maybe Joe Biden. Probably not. But they're going to okay. be on stage. They're going to be talking about. It. And one of the things that I, I I'm pretty confident is uh, will partly be the debate, the, the, the discussion of gun violence. So the way I pose the question. Uh, for the segment today to all of you out there is what do you want to hear during the first 2016 presidential campaign debate? Five candidates are set to face off against one another. CNN is the host. Uh, Anderson Cooper is the main moderator. Dana Bash and Juan Carlos uh, Lopez are going to be asking questions. Uh, Don Lemon, you know, love him or not, but Don Lemon is going to be presenting questions submitted uh, by voters from Facebook. What issues and concerns do you want to hear the candidates discuss and debate? You know, they often tell us what they think is important to them, and so therefore it should be important to us. But what do we think? is important to us, that is our concern, that we want them to address. What do you want to hear from them? 347-826-9600, press option one to, to chat, and I see we already have some callers on the line. We'll bring you in shortly. Well, Angela, what is it that you would like to hear one or any of them discuss that's important to you? Uh, I 
want to hear every single candidate for the presidency of the United States of, of America to address Black Lives Matter, not just that Black Lives Matter, but how Black Lives Matter and what policies are they going to uh, put into play to deepen and expand the Black Lives Matter issue. It's not, although it started, you know, the Black Lives Matter was born out of tragic loss of of youth across this country. It has also um, evolved to mean something to the consistent double-digit unemployment in black America, to the consistent uh, sea of over 70% of African Americans incarcerated or under management by the state. It has evolved to consistently touch on the lives of black women and our oppression why how and it has it has evolved to consistently hit upon our economic apartheid and we're heads of household in disproportionate numbers uh i want to hear now that mr uh, former president uh clinton has addressed that he made the wrong moves in expanding uh the drug laws the dis- you know the disparaging um uh laws he put he signed into effect with cocaine and and crack and to look at how he has affected a generation of black people what are the corrective courses to black lives matter that all of them are going to address. If they don't address this issue, this country is not going to, uh, this community and this this country is not going to be healed until we address Black Lives Matter from a race standpoint as well as a policy standpoint. Um, It's not going to heal. It's not going to to evolve. So I I don't really want to hear nothing but that. Okay. That should take up the whole debate. All two hours, Black Lives Matter. I'm sure they would love it. And you you're know, right, it might be something that is needed for a whole debate. And, you know, hate it or love it, for my uh, other groups that are in this country, until you solve the issues of the least of the, the greater will not succeed not truly and they are being harmed is they are being harmed in tandem to our community we are we are lock stock together whether you like it or not to make life hard for black people is to make life hard for your future folks as well because you know, like you say all the time on this broadcast, Rodney, we pretty much then ran our race. The stuff that we're setting into play now will affect our my my, my council of grandsons. 
five young black men from one mother and father, you know, one mother and father situation. It's going to affect them. So it's very serious to me and to millions across this country. And as as back in the civil rights days, the eyes of the world are on us. When Putin sat down with Charlie Rose last, two weeks ago on 60 Minutes, he highlighted as an example of America not having their stuff together, he highlighted what was going on with the Black Lives Matter. So for Putin to address it, and someone who's running for the highest office in this country not to address it is outrageous. Well, we shall see if they do address it or, and if they don't, if the moderators will bring it up, which I hope that they do. Well, Angel, we actually have a caller that's uh, on the line. Uh, before we bring him on, a quick station ID. You're listening to Our Own Voices Live. I'm your host, Rodney Smith, with my co-host, Mrs. Angela Thomas. Today's topic is what do you want to hear during the first 2016 Democratic presidential campaign debate? Uh, we're going to go ahead and kick that off with our first caller. We have uh, Brian on the line from Las Vegas. Welcome to Our Own Voices Live. Hey, Brian. Thank, thank you, you for calling in. We appreciate you. Thank you. Can you hear me? Chiming in. Yes. Okay. You're on. Yeah, uh, I was hearing what you had to say. Pretty much agree with uh, most of what you said, Angela. A um, couple little spins on it, though. Uh, sure. First of all, first of all, we've got to stop believing. We talk a lot about the Democrats. I know this is about them coming in, but we don't talk about the the GOP. We've demonized one, and we basically look at the other one as being our savior. And you know, somebody put it like this: you know, uh, neither one have done much for us. Mm-hmm. And and we've got to first start realizing neither one, and we have the opportunity as a swing vote to not be beholden to either one, but making both of them earn our votes to maybe change the direction we're going. As you said, Black Lives Matter. But let me give you a thought. In America, in a capitalist society, black dollars matter because black dollars will determine how black lives are treated. So – Part of this issue we need to be talking to them is let's let's stop talking about let's let's break down this information and Angela you're correct. Let's look at the numbers and the facts. People are all for helping uh the disabled, helping the veterans, helping the women. But when you break down the numbers and you look at it, uh white women in America make eighty five percent of what white men make. So that means they probably make a lot more than black men. As a whole, white black women make about uh, I don't know what the numbers were, but pretty much they make significantly less than white women as a whole. But there's an attempt to Our say numbers we are don't at, want to at focus. 70, 74 cents to the dollar. Absolutely. Exactly. So we don't focus on the subcategories. It's kind of like let's focus on one category, but the the bulk of that money does, does goes to the people that are okay, that are already doing well. We have to start looking at, and part of it is saving ourselves. We've got to look at some philosophies on how we can force both parties to listen to our agenda. They should be talking about access to capital for black folks, not minorities, for black folks, because guess what? We have 45%, what is it, 45% of the youth 
are living under uh, living of our you of our children are living under the poverty line. Twenty seven percent of black families are living beyond the below the poverty line. Yet there can't be a discussion about what's going on here in the black community, and it's not about Hispanics. It's not about minorities. It should be you're right. Both sides, the GOP. We should force the GOP and the Democratic to talk about issues that are in the black. We got 1.3 million uh, incarcerated black people. We spend, I looked at the numbers, we spend over $60 billion incarcerating people. Come on, like you said, it's not good for the country to spend $60 billion incarcerating people instead of basically giving them the opportunity to start a business and compete. And then... You know, there's a direct correlation between unemployment, unemployment and incarceration and poverty all go back to black capitalism. So I think we need to focus on black capitalism and we need to focus and go back to when Nixon said, let's create black capitalism. Let's 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 create specifically for black folks the opportunity to control their own destiny. You can't continue to ask somebody else to bake a pie and give you a big slice of their pie. We got to start creating our own pies. And we got to hold the political people uh, accountable to say, look, give us a level playing field. Make sure the access to capital is there. Let's do something different than what you're doing today. You know, having me a training program with no jobs is just a training program with no jobs. But giving us the access to start and compete in our businesses is what's going to basically heal a lot of the ills of America. Because just like you said, America. Uh, the stuff that's happening in black folks is pulling down America, too. But they haven't gotten connected the dots, nor have we as a people, that where we spend our dollars matter, even when it comes to our black lives. Okay, I'm you know, I'm it's shut interesting up now. You know, it's interesting you hit that, Brian, because last, last, this Christmas uh, we're asking for blackout and to spend your dollars with black businesses. Last year this was done, and it was highly effective. But we didn't hear about the success of the uh, blackout last year. And, you know, I, I hope that it continues to to be successful um, this year. However, this year I hope that we utilize tools like yours. Uh, I hope you take a moment, Brian, to give the audience an opportunity to hear about your platform and use it as a resource to uh, turn their green dollars into black dollars. Okay, and, and and mind you, I appreciate you throwing that out because I didn't get in here to promote it, but I sure. do have a website called, and if you go on, it's www.ourblackdollarsmatter.com. Thank Again, you. www.ourblackdollars.com, where we're trying to create a black market. You have to be 50% black-owned to put your business on there and to sell your clothes, your stuff. We got places like I Be Black Man. It's it's a great apparel. They've been here since 1992. We got uh, we got a person coming in um, uh, with, that has bucket hats. Uh, we're trying to find black businesses and create a black eBay, a black Amazon, a place where we can find our businesses nationwide. We also have an app called the Las Vegas Black Book. So that we can find our goods and services, because it should not be uh, just doing it. Because it should not just be doing it around Christmas. We should be giving African Americans the first chance. In the Jewish community, they give their Jewish uh, counterparts first shot at their businesses. 
we do just the opposite in our community. So a lot of what I have to talk about, we have to re-educate ourselves on the importance of doing business with each other and the importance of not having permanent friends or permanent enemies in the political field. We need to make both sides earn our business because guess what? Uh, because be it's, both sides re- it's both sides representing America in the House. Exactly. Uh, in the House where the laws are voted on and passed on, uh, that, you know, we're we're talking about the presidential debate. The, we're talking about the presidency right now. But let's yeah. face it, until we start holding feet to the fire, where the house is concerned, we, you know, we're we're only we're being very short sighted. I guess I'll, I, that's exactly what it boils exactly. down to. We want to put the right person in the it, at the helm, but we also want to put the right person um, in those seats of the five thirty five and continue our vigilance, not just at the voting booth, but throughout their uh, tenure to hold their feet to the fire and let them know that you work for us. We don't work for you, and we sent you in there as our representative to get our work done, not your agenda. And and that's just the and, bottom line of it. And you're exactly right there. And that's why I was talking, again, I know this is about the political debates with the presidency, but and as I said, we need to have a focus on black capitalism. But I, I, I implore us also you know what? When we don't when we don't vote in the Republican primaries, we can bring in moderate Republicans. Guess what? That changes the playing field. But if we don't, if we believe that there is only one side to focus on, then we've lost the game already. We have sure. to bring in. Uh, we we've, we've got to change our habits and change our loyalties. And our loyalty should be to the to the to the issues of black economics, black capitalism, and, and how do we basically become part of this 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 country that is founded on capitalism. How do you think we as a as a community can uh get the folks that are running for these offices and and those that are in position to pay more attention to our black economic agenda? Just, you know, a couple of points if you have them. Well, one of them we have to do is we have to Come to these uh, when they have the meetings in mass. Sure, when absolutely. The NAA, when the NAACP has uh, their uh, their their caucus or their meetings where they want to talk to them, we need to be there in force, and we need to not coddle them with easy questions. We need to you be know, talking you, directly about our our agenda. Absolutely, uh, Brother Lawrence Weekly was at the Black Expo as you and I were as well. And, you know, every time I see Brother Lawrence Weekly uh, address us, he brings up a, a very valid and good point. He always talks about how when he's in the council fighting the good fight, as he's asked, as we've asked him to do, as we've assigned him to do, he would love to look out into that chamber and see us there backing him up on getting these things done. Too often we are absent from the meetings. We are absent from what's going on on the council agenda. And, you know, I think he, he, he has a valid point in in addressing us uh, when he asks us to attend those meetings, and, and we absolutely have to do better. Not, you know, not just send good stewards in there and let them fight it out in the dark by themselves, but we have to, you know, take some time out 
and and uh, get those you know get get those good agendas supported and be be out there in mass. Also, I think uh, some of the things that the council can do, uh, that the body can do to help, because you know, let's face it, a lot of us have to be at work. Like Brother Lawrence is at work; that's his job. We have jobs to do as well to take care of our household. Uh, let's open it up and start utilizing technology to. Um, be present. Uh, I think we absolutely here in Nevada and other communities should uh, open up Twitter to be a part of when when they have open remarks about an issue. If you want to, you know, you can't make it, but you you got time to send a tweet. Send a tweet. It should become a part of the record. We and, have and to exactly start right. being able to, you know, use every every bull bullhorn we have available. And, and right now. You know, the biggest bullhorn we have as a community is social media. No more there's there isn't a bigger group on social media than African Americans. And yeah. <laughs> why should we not use that as a as a tool instead of a form of entertainment? You're so correct on there because like you say, even from an economic state, the social media allows us to support each other, but it's almost taboo for you to get on Facebook and talk about business and doing business with each other. Uh, well, it isn't on our I, I, own voices I, live Facebook. Yeah. You can get on our Facebook exactly. page and, 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 okay. and put put that light up there. We we definitely talk yeah. about the issues. We definitely talk about how we can uh, be a stronger community. So, And, and we have to realize that uh, even social media, and this is a funny thing, <clears throat> white folks see Facebook as a $60 billion enterprise. We see it as a way to communicate to each other. Mm-hmm. We have to start thinking more from a business aspect of what we do and how we do and even what we use. Because until we are willing to start talking about black capitalism, talking about black economics and not being sure. afraid sure. to discuss how we're going to get out of this mess, we're silent. And that's one of the biggest problems we have right now. We have been told not to rock the boat. We have told, you know, it has to be about everybody. No, it doesn't. Sometimes you got to be a little selfish. Just think about this fact. Did you not realize just recently there was a bill signed for reparations for for the Holocaust? Yes. Hmm. Yep. Yes. It was it signed by Big. our president. But yet, that's done because there's clout in the Jewish community. Because they look for economic issues, you you should say to yourself, "Wait a minute, reparations went for, and we didn't cause the Holocaust, but you have places the reparations go to the folks who were bombed, who were literally bombed in, in Black Wall Street. Did they get reparations? But the thing comes down to communications and expectations. We have to get to the point." where we are communicating a lot more about the issues and utilizing social media to do that. Ma'am, folks, there it is. Thank you, Brian, for calling in today. We really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. You all have a good day. Okay. Hey, Brian, before you leave, don't you have a uh, mixer coming up soon? Oh, yeah. This Thursday at uh, Heritage, there's going to be a mixer – Y'all come out. We're having black businesses. There's going to be uh, Benita Faye is going to talk about how we can start utilizing Workforce Connect, connect to bring in free workers.
to your business. We're going to have Axion talking about uh, uh, loans, how to get loans for your black business. And, and come on, let's meet some other black businesses and start and support each other. So it's going to That's be awesome. at, at Heritage. Um, please be there. It's going to be 530 to 730 a, p.m. Uh, do you have a, a a contact number or or an address? Social media handle. Yeah, uh, you can. I'll be. It'll be on the Las Vegas Black Book uh, uh, Facebook, and also you can contact me for information. It's Brian Harris seven zero eight eight zero five three eight one nine seven zero eight eight zero five three eight one nine Brian Harris with Correct. Las Vegas Black Book uh, doing the yeah. thing. Going to have a mixer. Uh, at the Heritage, and what? Given the date and address, time again, Brian. Sir? It is uh, October fifteenth, thirty six ten Rancho Drive. Food will be provided, or will be provided by Subwitch and Streetcar Poor Boy. Okay. Oh wow, I like that. Gonna get some orders. I like the sound of that. Well, Brian, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for calling in and chiming in. Well, that's what we got to do. We have to speak up. So I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you listening to the show. All right. Thank you. Thanks, you all. Have a good day. Okay. All right. You too. Wow. All right. That brother's out there doing the thing, making it happen. They sort of need and still the need. Now, so we have, so, okay. I'd like to hear from more of you. Three four seven eight two six nine six zero zero. Three four seven eight two six ninety six hundred. What do you want to hear? These Democratic presidential hopefuls at the debate here in Las Vegas. What do you want to hear them to say? I know we got our Black Unity people out there. We got our Black Lives Matter people out there. Angela already mentioned that. Brian called in representing Black businesses, and uh, he did make note that. Holocaust victims got reparations from the United States for something we didn't even do. And Damn! Wow. Ours is where, as a matter of fact, did all of us, did all of our ancestors get their forty acres and a mule? I mean, you know, Dr. King put a value on that back in the sixties, and hmm. it was pretty steep then. So you can imagine what it is now with all this inflation kicking in. So. What is it that we want them to say? Because they're, they're here. Uh, Mark O'Malley has been here, I think, all week. I haven't heard too much about Bernie Sanders. I think he's still been on the campaign trail. I think Hillary's still on the campaign trail. Yes, they're uh, both still on the trail. Being the friends with one two, another, saying friendly things about one another, not coming against one another. It's very so interesting to gonna, me. They're going to come here. I mean, it's going to happen. What do you want them to say? Uh, Angela mentioned Black Lives Matter. I agree with her. I don't think a candidate, whether for president, governor, congressperson, senator, assemblyman, city council, county commission, dog catcher, justice of the peace, school board, (laughs) sheriff. How about that one? Sheriff. Sheriff. Wait, say that one more time. Sheriff. Sheriff. Chief of police. There, oh yes! If you oh your district attorney, come on prosecutor. If, if, you, if you do not know where these people stand, then it probably isn't with you, and mm. you need to ensure that they are standing with you. 
or do not give them your vote. Make your need the price for a your priority. Vote. In other words, put your vote up for sale, and this is what it will cost you to get this vote. I want to hear your plan, not just you empathize, which we appreciate, because that has moved the ball. Okay, but I want to hear your plan. And then if you don't have a plan, schedule What you doing about that? Schedule yeah. an appointment with me, whoever the me is, and it can be me, yours truly, and I will help you devise a plan because there needs to be a plan. 347-826-9600. Secondly, the, the second thing I'd like to hear them address, Rodney, is the black agenda. What are you going to do about items and issues that are listed on the black agenda? What's your plan? What's the corrective course in things? Now, here's the thing about that. Is they're probably going to say, what black agenda? Well, we, you know, like to hear, here you go. We got got an agenda for you. Here you go. Good you brought that up. With the NAACP Freedom Fund, uh, I believe it's this coming week. Uh, it's the 17th, this month for I believe. Sure. Yes. So you got the NAACP Freedom Fund coming up. And it's the fact that we have an NAACP period. What do we want? You know, where is that agenda from the NAACP? Where is that agenda from the Urban League? Where is that agenda? from your urban chamber or black chamber of commerce. What are those agendas? You know, can have their own, and then they can unify and make one collective. What are those? I I agree with you. But, you know, I kind of feel that the Urban League produces a black agenda every year with that study that they do. And the title fails me. I'll look it up in a moment. But they've been producing the, the black agenda for 20-plus years with the research and the the uh, findings from that research that they publish every year. You you can buy the report. But but where is it in the overall in, in the, political uh, uh, sphere? Where is the Urban League Black Agenda? Where is the NAACP Where is the Congressional agenda? Black Caucus's Agenda? And we see, just had their big formal a couple of weeks ago. My friend uh, Chrisette Michelle had an opportunity to meet the president at their well, gala. This is on us. Where, yeah. where is our agenda and who? which one of these organizations is pushing our agenda? Now, the NAACP is going to have their Freedom Fund uh, banquet coming up. And it's not cheap to get in. Let me tell you that right now. It, they're talking $150 a plate. That's right. Now I'm told from my Detroit folks that they're used to paying three hundred. Thank goodness <laughs> you all haven't bought that with you to Las Vegas yet. Because a hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> a plate is still pretty steep for me. And you know, that don't include the haircut or the hair done, the nails, the lashes, and the fries. The know. new dress and Yeah. So so this is not for together. you know now it's for a worthy cause. It is Absolutely. for it's part of the scholarship fund. And you also get a membership to the NAACP. Now, I know that there's plenty of folks out there 
who spend $150 a month on entertainment, going out to the club, drinks, you know, hanging out with the fellas, hanging out with the girls. So it is a matter of priority, right? But, right. but at the same time, I realize it's still a, a chunk of money. The bottom line is, how much skin are you willing to put in the game? So if you want the attention, you know, one of the things that Brian Harris usually talks about is if you want the politician's attention, you know, it's about the money. Who's fueling his campaign, fuel being money? Who's putting out the dollars? That's how you get their attention. Well, if you're not putting out the dollars, really how important is it to you? Now, the reason why I mentioned NAACP specifically because they're free of fund bankers which happens to be coming up. And it is going to cost some money. But you cannot expect a body, an organization of any type, to do what you want it to do if you are not an active participant. So if you don't vote, if you don't donate money, if you don't help with a campaign, then you're no one to that candidate, that party, that elected official. You're no one. You don't exist. Well, the same thing kind of goes with these organizations, like the Urban League and the NAACP. They are only as good as the people that are there. So if the NAACP in your local area just has a few people holding it down, then obviously they're only generating so much money. Don't think Donald Sterling just happened in L.A. There's Donald Sterling's all over this country, not just with the NAACP but with the Urban League with NAN, the National Action Network, uh, in whatever nonprofit organization that's probably doing well near you, unless they are very fortunate, they're getting donations from someone, and usually it's not black people. So if you want these things to work in your favor, you have got to put skin in the game. You cannot just sit back and expect someone else. You cannot just sit back and expect someone to read your mind and divine what it is that you want them to do. You have got to communicate with them. If I ran for office, I'd make sure I had my Facebook page out there, my Twitter account going, my weekly radio broadcast, my weekly uh, video blog. But that's me going out. But I need people coming in. Yeah, I mm-hmm. you got to communicate. It's like this it's show. A two-way, it's a two-way freeway. But we need you folks out there to call and we need you to listen and then take these messages that hopefully are as important to you as we believe it is to us and then act on it. We have to be people of action, not people waiting around with a hand out and then if you don't get it, with your lip out. No, if you want it, you have to be willing to work for it. You have to be willing to put skin in the game. You have to be willing to put effort in it. You have to be willing to work for it. If you're not, why should anyone else, why should any other group do for us when we won't do for ourselves? Think about that. They don't even respect you if you're not willing to work for yourself. We we have to do it. They're doing it. And they got... <laughs> I, I'm still floored. They got reparations. I'm not mad at them for getting it. Get what you can get. But they got it. And they, we didn't even do it. They got it. 
347-826-9600. Press option one to chime in. We're talking about what do you want to hear at the dem- at the first Democratic presidential debate in 2016. I, I wrote down some possible things that maybe should come up. Uh, here's one, and this and this is my dominant one right here. I know Brian said economics. Well, here's the one for me. Other than teaching us how to be better parents, which our community needs to deal with that, mm. the next thing up on that ladder is education, but not just the word education. Education with a specific interest. In other words, what is it that we want that we are not getting? And just don't say we need more kids to graduate. We need better schools. No, give them something specific. And this one right here is near and dear to me because I made a post, and I haven't checked lately, but I know there's at least three, a little over 3,000 people who have been uh, touched by this post. And I talked about integrating and incorporating African-American and African history and culture throughout all curriculum pre-K through 12th grade and all publicly funded schools of higher learning. No, I'm not talking about a separate class. No, I'm not talking about an elective. I am talking about a fundamental change to the education curriculum in the United States of America. I'm talking fundamental. Did you know that in every course history is taught? But it's European history. And through omission exclusion, it devalues us as African Americans and our African ancestors and their contribution in building this country as well as creating the rest of the world. Absolutely. And, you know, I want to bring a little bit of pop culture into that. This week we were all outraged by a, a story on social media that circulated throughout social media, every platform that I was on this week had something on it. It was trending somewhere on that platform. There was a a, a young child visiting his mother at work, um, and he, you know, just walking around, and and one of his mother's Caucasian male workers took a picture with this young man in it and put it up on his social media, and he and his um, peers began to racially bash this uh, seven- or eight-year-old young man. And um, to me, that was the most glaring example of what happens to Caucasian, to the Caucasian community when they go without the fullness of education, learning the real history of how this world came to be. It can't just be about what your community brought to our progression or degression. You know, we're all talking about the Holocaust and and what uh, the Nazis did. To me, that's a a clear example of humans devolving instead of evolving. Um, But to me, that pop culture story uh, nothing in in my recent memory more um, highlighted 
how what a terrible disservice we're doing to everybody by not including real true history of what contributions African Americans have made to this country and to this world. You know, we often hear our Latino Hispanic brothers and sisters say they maintain this country and to a certain extent in nowadays in the modern era uh, because we were the maintainers of the country before them, they, they are doing that now in, in large quantities. But also let's recognize that we built this country. We built this country. And as the builders of this country, we have invested in it. Our ancestors have invested in it with their blood and with their lives. This is our country. And we need to embrace America as our country. Whether other people accept it or not, uh, there's a word that starts with F, ends with K, and has four letters in it total. That's what they can, you know, dip. We have built this country. This is our country. <laughs> here's a here's another one that I think that we can, and as I appreciate you pointing out, because that. That that ties into so many areas. That ties into the Black Lives Matter. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it ties in everything it, we're talking about today. So this is this is an imperative. This is the one that, like I said, if it doesn't get asked, it's only because you didn't ensure that it got asked. Because it needs to be asked. It needs to be. You know what? It needs to be told. How about that? It needs to be told. T O L D. That's right. So let's go direct <laughs> action approach on it. It needs to be told. We need to tell them every chance we get up to speak. Yeah, we can talk about Black Lives Matter because they should, and we need to talk about that. But Black Lives will matter more to them because that's an ideology. If the ideology is not allowed to sit in, and they get that and reinforced by school and later through media. So we have to talk about this integration and this fundamental change of the curriculum. Here's another one. Of course, this is near and dear to my heart, but it should be near and dear to all Americans as the sacrifices that they made and the promise for that sacrifice is veterans' health care and employment. Veterans' health care and employment. As bad as unemployment is for the African American, look at what's happening to our veterans, who in many cases served their country, most cases, served their country honorably, may have had to fire their guns in defense of this country, maybe even shed some blood might have emotional issues right now because of their involvement in the wars that our country has been a part of. But they're homeless, they're on the street, they're unemployed, underemployed, barely making ends meet. All of them don't make that 20-year retirement. And let me tell you, when they make a 20-year retirement, they don't get all of that money. They lose roughly two-thirds to three-fifths of their pay when they retire. Now, luckily, they get good medical benefits still. They still have the BX. They still have the commissary for now. But the money part, they don't have. These folks need jobs. They need that training. So we have to look at them. And, you know, we talked about this being emotional health awareness, mental health awareness. Some of our veterans are coming back with traumatic brain injury, which is a physical injury. But some of them are also coming back with Not only TBI, but PTSD. 
post-traumatic stress disorder. And it's real. Roughly 50% of all of our combat troops are coming back with PTSD. It is an emotional and an emotional health issue. It is a mental health issue. But it is not one that means they are not capable of being integrated into society. Nor does it mean that they're not capable of handling a firearm. It can affect people in many different ways. This is one of the dangers of just making blanket statements that anyone who's emotional or mentally impaired, therefore this should happen to them. No, that's not how it should be. It is. You always have rule of thumb, but it is a case-by-case. And then not only do we talk about our veterans' health care and employment, but what about the country's mental health? Remember, mm-hmm. those people shooting those guns, most of them, the vast majority of them, have had mental, emotional health issues. Often and you know, treated or undertreated. Absolutely, with the definition that you gave. And, you know, the, the, the social media story that I mentioned earlier, I, I don't want to, you know, graze over that young man's name. The, the, the little baby in the picture, his name is, is Caden. Jace and the uh, I don't want to mention the 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 perpetrator's name because I don't want to give him any more importance by mentioning his name uh, at all. Um, but could it be a mental health issue here that would make a grown man victimize a child like this? I don't know. And, and maybe isolated. Maybe so. Him. Because look at those comments that so absolutely, many absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, some of the King comments. Said, let me read. Let me read some of the comments. Emily said, "I didn't know you were a slave owner." Ryan said, "Said help feed this poor child today." Uh, Byron said, "But massa, I done, I done enough. I, I don't enough. Whatever that means." Uh, I done nothing. Uh, Ga- uh, Ga- Gabe said, "Takes picture with your donation of thirty two seventy five. You can help save a life." Okay, get out of here, kid. I'm trying to look good on Facebook. Skyler said, hashtag Black Lives Matter. Dylan said, "Dude, where the hell did you get a black kid?" Graham said, the black market. The host of this page said, he is feral. Then Tim said, uh, the feral black kid kids are always... Uh, I can't get the rest of his comment up. The feral black kids are always... Absolutely, because we have... Uncovered a whole cell of mentally ill people. I'm well, sure. Remember Dr. In King the book said, of, of 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 yeah, in the book of uh, diagnosis, I'm I'm sure there's something in there that uh, deals with racist being overcome with 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 racism and and and, and race issues. So you know. If, my psychology friends out there, my my psychologist, child, call in at three four seven eight two six ninety six hundred. Help me out. 
help me to understand this. I don't know. Well, I, I can give you some immediate help because Dr. King said that racism is a sickness unto death. Hmm. Uh, we, we also know that racism comes about because of biases, and Dr. Uh, Garner talked to us about biases and said biases can set in as early as uh, three years of age. We're not born that way. Yep. So we these things these are things that we know. So this is very important. The country's mental health because racism is a mental health problem, and it should be called for what it is. Absolutely. So if, so if the Democrats are going to, if the Democrats are going to address, you know, mental health, and 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 uh, to your point, if they're going to address mental health, they should start at the root of it for uh, for this country, and I believe that to be racism. Got to dig up the root. And then, you know, we we cannot job. And the economy has to be discussed. Now, I don't expect anyone to make up a job just to give the job away. But as, and we often hear that government, government does not make jobs. Eh, I mean, we could sort of did a, argue about that. But the reality of it is government, sure, makes opportunities for employment or improves opportunity for employment by the laws in which they pass. So we do know that. Our infrastructure is literally falling apart. And I keep hearing people say, well, we got a debt. We have a debt. Well, if our infrastructure continues to crumble much more than what it is, these businesses won't be able to do what they do. Airports need to be repaired and updated, upgraded. We have bridges and tunnels that need repair. Those big trucks need to go across them, right? And then even in the transport of people and commerce, why don't we have high-speed trains here? Well, why should we do that? How can that improve? One, it creates jobs. Two, it is something that's needed because now your commerce can move quicker. And the quicker it can move, the quicker those dollars can change hands. So it's like an investment. So, yes, it may cost some money up front, but we get it all back. You don't think this road, this highway system got built off of cash, but it got built, didn't it? So, again, President Kennedy says if man created the problem, man can fix it. So these things we have created and we need to fix. So with jobs and the economy, those infrastructures, they work hand in hand, and it is an investment. You know, they're going to let 6,000 people out of federal prisons, I believe. And I thought about it, and I thought how great that was, and the next thought I had was, what jobs are they going to get? And, you know, we mentioned education before, and one of the other things with changing the fundamental change of that curriculum is are we going to educate people for the jobs that exist today? Are we, Whether it's in high school, college, are we going to have to trade schools? Whatever mechanism is out there, the world the earth has shifted under our feet in America when it comes to education and being the most educated and educated for the jobs of today and tomorrow. The earth has shifted under our feet. Well, we need to respond to that. We should always be in front of it, but now we need to respond to that. So those are some things that I would like to ask them. 
And then the final thing I would like to talk to him about, Angela, is the Middle East and terrorism. What is the plan? Good question. We definitely now, have to. We we definitely have to. Yeah, we definitely have to have to have a plan because you know we have had a hand in destabilizing a lot of things. And what is the plan to put lives back together? You know, people shouldn't have to leave home to be safe, especially after billions of dollars have been thrown at a situation to try and ensure democracy and, and, you know, things of that nature. So I I definitely am interested in hearing hearing about the plan. It's needed. Well, we tried to cover some things that we would like the candidates to talk about and things that we would like to tell them. You can go to our Facebook page, Our Own Voices Live, and let us know some things that you want to hear them talk about, some things that you want to tell them that should be important to them and that they need to bring to fruition. Here's our chance. We get this. Now, these candidates are coming to our city in Las Vegas. They'll probably be in a city near you soon as they're working on the early caucus and voting state uh primary states first, with Las Vegas being, I believe, number three. South Carolina, I think, is number four. So that's why, you, that's why you're hearing so much talk about those states. That's one of the reasons why they put the debates here. Well, okay, so we get them. Do they just come in and perform for us and leave, trying to say as little of anything as possible? And the reason why they do that is so they, there's nothing for us to hold them accountable for. Let's not let them get away with the okie doke this time. Let us step up our game and make sure that we get the things that we need. Well, Angela, that pretty much covers most of the things that and areas that I wanted to hit. Uh, the Million Man March, I'm starting to see some social media postings on it now. Um, right, right. People seem to be uh, glad that they're there. And I'm very interested to find out what did they get out of it, what did change. And if they're talking about doing a blackout for Christmas, I say we do a blackout year-round. And what businesses are we going to create? Because we have to create them. Because there's things that we need. In Las Vegas, there is not a black-owned gun store. In Las Vegas... There is not a black-owned, uh, can you believe there's not a black-owned gas station in Las Vegas? And mm-hmm, if there is, somebody mm-hmm. please tell me where it is. Now, I'm going to ask you folks out there that are listening. What is it that you use and that you need on a regular basis that you spend your money on, almost whether you have it to spend or not, that is not owned by a black person? Because, number one, what that tells you is that's a business that needs to be started by a black person. But there's no point in starting a business if black people, and, yes, I'm saying specifically black people, are not going to support that business. Now, if you have a business that you can bring everybody in, great. 
that is great. But what businesses are out there that we need, that we are as a people need, and then we have to support that business. So if we're not willing to support that business, and they're not able to get enough other people to support that business, then that business is going to fail and may not come back anytime soon by that owner or anybody else. So, again, (coughs) this one is on us. And then an intangible that's not on that list is no matter what conversations we had and we had at the gathering, when it's all said and done, most of the time it comes back to the family and to the home. And I asked them yesterday, what specific can we do for to help improve the home? Because they talked about all of these deficiencies of the children and of the parents. And really no one came up with anything because it was not politically correct to say what needs to be done. And if our homes are so far gone that we do not expect the children from a home today to come out equipped to go to school, to come out equipped to be a citizen of the United States of America, then we may need to start teaching these things, parenting, relationships in school, because they're not getting them at home. And for those who say they don't want the government in their life, these children are having government in their lives, and it's called the J-A-I-L, jail. Social services of multiple types, that's what, that's, they're going to have government, and that's costing us all. That is a tax on us all. If you want to lower your taxes, make sure we properly educate our young people. Let's, let's make sure that they're equipped with the skills to be good parents so that they can prepare their children for school, so that our teachers don't have to work so hard for the little pay that they get. These are things that we need to talk to these candidates about and make sure we get them on the record of support or non-support and then hold them accountable. All right. I think that wraps up our show for today, October 10th, 2015, 10-10-15, day of the Million Man March. Also, part of the week that Rupert Murdoch, a billionaire, foreign-born, media mogul, white person, said that President Barack Obama was not black enough. And, you know, let's not sleep on the fact that Rupert Murdoch owns of many media. He's part of the media oligarchy. And he owns Fox. That's both Fox. That's Fox News. That's, he owns Fox. That's not just Fox News. That's Fox, the network that puts on what? Empire connected dots, people. When you got a black woman in a gorilla suit and at the histo- at the opening of the second season of a historic television show, historic television show, Connect the dots. Connect the dots. That's all I that's all I encourage you to do. Look at the message and the messenger. That's it. You know, Angela, when when you told me about Fox bringing on Empire, one of the comments slash questions you had 
is why is Fox putting this on? Hmm. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah. Why is Fox putting this on? And then in that conversation, it came up, well, if you get enough black people to watch, people who aren't watching your station, your network, to watch your network, well, you know, that's how you make money, number one. And then number two, even though there's still a group of people out there that said it's just entertainment, well, here's the flip side of it just being entertainment. Maybe it is just entertainment, but it is also impacting you. Whether you want to admit it or not, it is having some type of impact on you. And if you're one who has cookieisms and knows that, look how it's impacted you in that. So there's impact. And when you see these images reinforced, when you know that the, I believe the director has targeted black men, and it doesn't make a difference that he's a black man himself. When you know that he has targeted black men, and yet, I mean, this is public knowledge it's in the public domain. And yet, you support that network by watching that show. And you can say, well, I'm supporting black actors. Well, okay, yeah, you, yes, you are supporting black actors who are demeaning you and our people. It's not just entertainment. So now Rupert Murdoch, who owns, what, News Corp? Who owns News Corp. Corp. Uh, who owns over, I think News. at this point it's over over thirty uh, new daily newspapers. Uh, I don't even know how many. Cool. I don't even know how many magazines at this point because he keeps acquiring new assets. But the thing I want you to pay attention to, really, with Rupert Murdoch, is that he is the owner of Fox, both sides. Of Fox, most Both black sides. people say I don't watch Fox News. You better watch. Most black people watch Fox, the network side. Empire is the crown jewel of that network, of that broadcast network right now, because they have brought him record. A, he broke a record with the number of eyeballs that were watching this program. Historic. Making it, money off of us once again. Now, when they rolled that show out, out, it was historic. And, how you know, your black dollars blackout? matter. How can they talk about blackout if they're watching Empire? I don't know. But we better pay attention. We better connect the dots uh, for those who thought you know, when we had our show a couple of weeks ago that, you know, it's just entertainment, it's just, it's art, you know, yeah, that may well be. But he told you himself what he thinks of black people this week. I ain't got to say no more. Drop the mic, walk away. He said it for himself. Yes, the tweet is out there. So, you know, let's let's think a little deeper. Let's act accordingly govern ourselves accordingly. Let's see them and see things for what it is, not what we'd like for it to be. Yes, it is entertainment. Yes, it is art. It is all of that. But more importantly, because it is entertainment, because it is art, it is influencing you. It is influencing you. It is influencing your children. And though you say, well, young children shouldn't watch it, you all know that 
there are children watching it. We all know that there are parents watching it with their children. We know that there's the groups that talk about it. That's right. Rupert Murdoch, the man behind empire, behind the man who says he wants to destroy black men. There it is. There it is. What you what um, are you going to do now? What are you going absolutely. to do? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that brings us to the end of another fine our own voices live broadcast, Rodney. We're actually over a little bit. Twenty six minutes. Uh, actually we're over a lot of what the schedule show was, <laughs> but thank you all for bearing with us for hanging in you there. out there on the board. I, I, I noticed you that you didn't call chime in to talk, you just listen and that's fine too. We like knowing that you're out there. We like the uh the comments that we received. Uh thank you so much. Today's topic was we have the presidential debate. The first Democratic presidential debate of 2016 coming to Las Vegas this week. So I asked the question, what do you want to hear during the first 2016 Democratic presidential campaign debate? Uh, we also talked a little bit about guns. Uh, we did let it be known that this month is Emotional Wellness Month. This is Mental Illness Awareness Week. And today, October 10th, is World Mental Health Day. Uh, these are some things that we need to take a look at also because it's impacting us. It is impacting us, and not in a positive way. Uh, next week, our show will deal with uh, relationships uh, because we have the upcoming Las Vegas Relationship Forum by the young professionals in the Las Vegas Urban League. Uh, we also hopefully will get Sister Mary on with Back to Eden Stay tuned for that, and we're going to talk about the million, the recap of the Million Man March, and what 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 was the messages out of that? Well, how do we take it? And we will have a recap on the uh, presidential debates. What did they actually say? What did it really mean? How would it impact us? And of course, if we have any one-on-one contact with any of them, <laughs> we'll let you know the outcome of that too. Well, until next Saturday, 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast. And that's 3.30 out east. Uh, we hope that you will have a good week. Stay tuned. Go to Our Own Voices Live on Facebook, Our Own Voices on Twitter. And let's uh, let's take care of our mental health, everyone. Let's take care of our emotional health. And check in on somebody, whether it's a friend, relative, or both. Maybe someone that you haven't seen around in a little while or you haven't spoken to in a while. Go ahead and get them a connect with them. See how they're doing. Ask them how they're doing today. You may just save their life. All right, Angela. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you all of you out there. All right. Make it a great week, everyone. We'll see you on the flip side of this Saturday. That's next Saturday. We're going to chop it up about uh, the Democratic uh, debate. We're going to chop it up about... Um, the Million Man March, and we're going to chop it up about what's next. See you next week. All right. Bye-bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.